You're listening to the Faith Made Welcome podcast, a progressive podcast of faith where we look at Christianity from a progressive Baptist tradition. This podcast is brought to you by Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. So whoever you are, wherever you are, or whatever you think about faith, you're welcome here. Please let us know what you think about our podcast by subscribing to it or by sharing it with someone who may be looking for a podcast like this. And we would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a comment or question on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let's get started. So here we go with episode 15 of Faith Made Welcome, right? Episode 15. That's correct. All right. Awesome. So uh, we have sort of the the old faithfuls uh, on the call for today's podcast, the original uh, members uh, in some ways. Well, I guess the first episode we recorded, all the same people were in the room together. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today we are all at a distance, and the only difference from our first episode is that Paul Fitzgerald has a microphone. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is true. That is true. So we are here uh, as the last episode that will go out before we begin the Advent season. And so who do we have on our podcast today? We have Pastor Marty Anderson. And Pastor Robin Anderson. I've been away for a few weeks from the podcast and I'm happy to be back. Yes, yes. indeed. In yes. fact, like last the last two weeks, we had episodes without Marty and Robin and it felt like it really did feel like we were like, children who had been left alone to like you know have their first weekend without their parents it was like oh yeah. we have permission yeah 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 it's like Ooh. so it's so good to have y'all back uh and then who's this other guy paul is here with a microphone on this one to talk about advent as well mm-hmm. um not a pastor not sure what i offer to this besides my own adventist experiences from my own youth and bounce it around because what i'm realizing is we've started talking about this with the um the lonnie rich episodes earlier is that my experiences with advent some are similar some are a little bit different i have no idea what a chris mon is <laughs> uh and so <laughs> it's interesting to talk about this kind of stuff on on this on this advent Advent run-up, yeah. Um, just to see what folks do. I think at this point, Paul, you're our resident do. recovering Lutheran, like right? Maybe that's, that's what you. That's what that's Paul who Luther's you are, recovering. right? Recovering, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> recovering to what? We'll see. Yeah, who, knows? Know. who knows? Recovering, recovering to something. Yeah, and then of course I'm Sherry cool. Spiegel, uh, and I have been the first voice we've heard on I think just about every episode for the last fifteen. Yeah, I think so. so yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, so we're going to kick off a discussion about Advent. And we already, you know, the last episode, we did a little bit of history with Lonnie because mm-hmm. history with Lonnie is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we jumped into really, like, kicking off the Advent exercises, we thought we'd sit down with our kind pastors and think more about what Advent means to y'all, how you see it working, like how you approach it. Like, I want to know everything. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, like, have y'all always celebrated Advent in all the churches you've ever been in? Or was it new at CBC? What's your Advent background look like? So the church that I remember growing up in, like the church that I spent most of my time growing up in, we did a little bit with Advent. Um, So we had the colors and the sanctuary would change. Mm -hmm. um, And we had an Advent wreath and would light candles each Sunday. I don't really remember talking about Advent a whole lot. Um, So I don't know that I knew what it meant other than this is the time when we we have the four Sundays where we light candles. Mm -hmm. Was one of them pink? Uh, yes, one of them was yes. pink. Absolutely, yeah. Paul was very intrigued by the pink. Let's put the pink candle. Pink candle, yeah. Okay, all right. So it was there, but not like you weren't in the weeds with it necessarily. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. But you probably didn't do it, did you? No, that was the only time we actually, of the Christian calendar that we celebrated growing up, was Advent. Now, we didn't do all the mm. colors in the mm. church that I grew up with, but we did have the Advent wreath. 
which was a big deal because it was kind of like the countdown to Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but we didn't do we didn't celebrate um, Ash Wednesday or the Lent season or Holy Week. We just went from you know Christmas to Easter. Um, mm-hmm. So, but Advent was a big deal because that was the time where you know my dad, who was the pastor, he would always ask kids to come help him light the candles during the service. And being the pastor's kid, I got to light the first candle every year. Nice. I was always the first one. Of course you were. Of course I was. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Uh, those are the perks of being a PK. Yeah. That's probably also because the first Sunday of Advent is usually right after Thanksgiving. And (laughs) he knew that you'd actually be in church that day. That's right. (laughs) Probably no other kids were there. But I felt special. Quit. That's you funny. didn't realize on my parade that there. you were the only available kid. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But yeah. we'd also do it Sunday morning and Sunday night because we had two worship services on Sunday. So two different kids. And one year I got to mm. do both services. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, so you had an understudy other years for the evening service? <laughs> I had to train a couple of my friends, mm-hmm. but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that a rigorous process, training? <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is that we didn't change out the candles, so they burned throughout the month. And like one one Sunday night, it got so low that the wreath actually caught on fire. Oh, wow. And it was like, that almost, nobody knows what to do. That almost happened here one year. Do you remember that? That like in oh, the middle right, of the service, right. somebody like jumped up and went, and like make sure the candle wasn't smoldering on the wreath. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I love about Advent, and it's kind of silly, but I love the, which is funny. Okay, so I like the fact that the candles burn at these different rates, Mm -hmm. and so you know which one's first, second, third, which is so interesting because in every other area of my life, I think everything should be, like, ordered and symmetrical and even, Mm -hmm. but, like, Advent is the one season where I'm like, no, it's okay. They're different. They should be, right? Right. And they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So these were those huge candles that, like those kind of big, gigantic ones that burn for like a long time. So you you don't have to replace them during the during the month. Is that yeah, correct? that's kind of bad when that's happened. When you get cheap candles and they burn too quickly. Yeah, <laughs> you get the tall, skinny ones. They burn really fast. You super fast. Yeah, yeah the taper really situation doesn't extreme. work so well. No. Right. no, no. So you get these big, beefy mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. things for it. Neat. Yeah, yeah. Neat. Uh, so then, uh, was it a part of churches that you've passed? Like, y'all were in Baltimore before you came mm-hmm. um, to Commonwealth. Did y'all do it there? Um, I think we did basically the same yeah. thing, just the Advent candles, but not much more. Right. Mm-hmm. The sanctuary was decorated, but I don't know if we did. No. Oh, you that's remember? right. Yeah, I remember now. The, my first Sunday of Advent in that church was depressing because it was this gorgeous, huge sanctuary. And there was this like yeah. little Advent wreath. And that was it. So we conned the pastor into that's going right. and like, let's buy trees and let's buy garland and let's buy wreaths. Well, they would actually do live greenery in the sanctuary. Like oh. they get, they would go cut it the day before and decorate the sanctuary. So you had de- so they were used to having decorations like the last Sunday of Advent and Christmas Eve, and that's it. And yeah. that that oh. was very it sad was very to sad. Me. Yeah. So we so got no to- hanging of the greens. No. We did not hang the greens there. No. This is the first church I've ever been at that has ever had like a hanging of the greens service. Right. Yeah. So for folks that might be listening who haven't experienced a hanging of the green service. Uh, or participating in this podcast. Who <laughs> hanging of the green podcast. For Paul Fitzgerald, who <laughs> yeah, didn't read the uh, attachment I sent him. No, I'm just joking. Um, how would you describe the hanging of the greens like tradition? So my, my understanding is in, that in some churches, you're actually hanging the greens during the service. So, but, but I don't know how that works and how that's not like crazy messy because whenever we do hang up the stuff, there's always like, you know, like get the garland right and that kind of stuff. And I can't imagine that all happening like during a worship service. Yeah. Um, The bickering of the helpers. (laughs) Right. So we actually decorate 
the Sunday before Thanksgiving after church. But for us, the hanging of the green service is a, a worship service um, that hmm. talks through the symbols. So you, you, we talk, we kind of explain. There's a reading about oh, the symbolism Christmas. of Christmas mm-hmm. and the symbolism of Christmas trees and the symbolism of wreaths, um, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we used to do something kind of similar uh, in the Lutheran tradition in St. Louis, right? Um, where I think it was the same as, as that, Robin. Um, I think it was uh, on a Sunday afternoon after a church service, possibly the one before Thanksgiving. Everybody just sort of hung out. And this is one of those huge kind of German Gothic churches in downtown St. Louis. And um huge tree huge tree and this really big nativity scene and it wasn't like i learned a new word last year as well crash i had no idea what a crash is because that's a whole other story <laughs> um and uh it was this nativity scene and it, it wasn't like major mary joseph whatever it was like the southern half of israel <laughs> i mean it was this huge <laughs> landscape there was this sky this panoramic sky and the stars lit up um in this whole panoramic sky with this background and there were like a hundred different pieces wow. like characters that you would put around this sheep that's not even counting the sheep i mean it was this like huge gigantic thing and there was a whole service built around just that alone, right? As it went from like day to evening to night to, to morning based around like the whole lighting of this, of this whole thing. But I remember that fondly. I mean, so a lot of people would hang out after church that day, a whole bunch of people and do like a potluck lunch. And then, you know, hours were spent with this gigantic tree hanging all of this stuff up. Uh-huh. And it was, a, it was a warm, fond memory from my youth about that that I remember, which was, which was good. But yeah, it was decked out. It was decked out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we start with hanging the greens, and that's the first week of of Advent, right? Like, that's what it. I think is. if churches that do it, mm-hmm. they may do it the first Sunday of of Advent, or they may do it like Paul was saying, like right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Honestly, I. I probably shouldn't even say this, but my guess is the reason that our church has a tradition of doing a hanging of the green that first Sunday of Advent is that the first Sunday of Advent is the usually the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And my guess is there was an intentional decision to make that an easy worship service in terms of yeah. music and prep. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, especially because I imagine for y'all, the Advent season is like busy for y'all. Just like as retail gears up right after Thanksgiving, do y'all feel like it happens for you bl- as pastors? Is that, is, yeah, yeah. Is there a Black Friday have, in the liturgical calendar, you know? I mean, we have the four worship services on Sundays, like we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, but those require different people because we get people to write i mean to light the advent candles but then our church also has a tradition of having a blue christmas service Mm -hmm. um one evening during advent for those you know for whom the holidays are hard Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then we have the christmas eve service which is the biggest almost the finale service of the year so it's it's you know Two extra worship services, one of them being the largest one of the year. It's busy. And then, you know, there's normal stuff that makes everybody busy during the holidays. Mm -hmm. But I think our church, um, we celebrate Advent pretty big. We have, like, everybody kind of comes. It's a time when kids are wrapping up school, families are still in town, and it's, it's really enjoyable. Um, unlike in Virginia on Holy Week, it's spring break. So all the families are gone. Yeah. <laughs> We're not always all together uh, for Holy Week. But during Advent, I, I think it's really a special time for our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think um, my husband and I have only actually been to one Christmas Eve service at our church in the time that we've been there. But I still feel like we've gotten to celebrate Christmas, even though we haven't been there just about every year because of how big we kind of do Advent. Like the lead up to, you know, feels rich and productive. Um, 
I think part of it too has to do with the fact that often we've been doing the Advent devotional. Have y'all done that like every year or is it kind of like some years? How do you approach that? Um. So I think, <laughs> I think for a while it was done every year. Uh-huh. But of course, churches are kind of the last to catch up on technology. And so they were always printed. Mm-hmm. And so it became um, a really big job for Beth, our admin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of took a break and have not done them every year. We do them mm. when it seems like there are enough people in the church that want to write um, and that sort of thing. So, and of course now we've uploaded them onto Facebook. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. yeah. So we have one in the works for this year. Right? Yes. Yes. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's going to be kind of special this year. Like y'all asked what, like 24 different people to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the, one of the main reasons we decided that this would be a good year to do one is people are so disconnected because yeah. of social distancing and quarantine yeah. that we thought it would be really meaningful for our church members to pop on Facebook every day and be like, oh, Sherry's thoughts. Let's read what Sherry has to say. Ah. Totally. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah, this great. person. That's let's great. see what this person has to say. It would be a good way to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Really we have an extra space, Paul, if you want to write a devotion. <laughs> oh, boy. Who knows what we would get? <laughs> who knows what we would get? Right. Can, he would send you an audio clip. Audio yeah. clip. Yeah. Who knows well, what it would be? Next year, audio devotionals. Hey, man. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? not? Right. Uh, Yeah, so, like, okay, so the devotionals, are they moving through the same themes, the four themes uh, for the four weeks of... So, I think loosely, um, Mm -hmm. we, uh, there there is um, something called the Revised Common Lectionary, which has scripture readings for every day of the year. Mm -hmm. And so we took the Revised Common Lectionary readings for each day. Um, and so there's a Psalm, an Old Testament, and a New Testament. And so mm-hmm. we just sent those to each person and said, here are the three scriptures for the day. Mm. Pick one that speaks to you. It doesn't have to be the Psalm or the Old Testament or the New Testament. Just pick what speaks to you. Um, and we told each person what week they were in. So they knew what theme we just, we did want to give people a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We don't want to you box did or things. you did 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 we didn't yeah, want to box yeah. things in too much to yeah. make it too hard yeah right yeah that makes sense give people freedom to play with whatever mm-hmm. yeah because ultimately that's what it them, is right? it's like huh? yeah what speaks to yeah what does it mean to mm-hmm. them because that's what that's the good yeah, stuff i right, mean that's what people right. want to hear that's the i mean that's the whole point of crowdsourcing it with a congregation is to hear the different voices and the different perspectives on these things that may or may not resonate with somebody in a way that they haven't considered or heard something before mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I think it's a really cool way to not only um, do the Advent thing, but also to to bring a community together with a with an activity and a task. That is something that can be done, right, these days in these strange conditions mm-hmm. that we're in. Oh, no doubt. And our church is like really hurting for connection. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I mean, in some ways, I think that's what's great about Advent is it's, it is this time of kind of intentional connection. And so we have the opportunity of like, let's bring our heads together around specific themes. Let's, let's have shared experiences. Um, Let's do this, this, this interesting time together. Um, At least that's, I don't know, I'm starting to think more and more about Advent, not just as like PR for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, Right. But instead, as like this time for intentional community connection. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, but there are these four themes, right? Mm-hmm. And on the podcast here over the next four weeks, uh, we're going to tackle one of those at a time, you know, the same time, like basically the Monday after we would light the candle, uh, we're going to take a look into a topic. Uh, so we'll go through them and... Paul, we have to practice these when we say them, don't we? I know, I know. I know. So like, oh my God, because Marty, <laughs> so it's we hope, had this whole conversation. Hope, <laughs> hope peace, peace, joy, joy and love. love. Mm-hmm. Yes, so we've got them. 
Uh, so I wonder if we, even though we'll go deeper into each of those, I wonder if we might want to bat around some thoughts about these these big topics and yeah. um, how they kind of, you know, we come to them year after year. Um, so how do these these big topics sit with you over the years, especially if you end up preaching about them year after mm-hmm. year? Oh, we have reached the Hope Week again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shall we think a little bit about hope? Well, I I, I think the the... The, a good way, I think, to set that up mm-hmm. is that each of those four themes fall in Advent, mm-hmm. which means coming. Mm-hmm. So the whole season is a season of waiting. Mm-hmm. It's a season of anticipation. So it's an active waiting. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's... Advent seems very fitting to me this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there is this sense of acknowledging that God came. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that God comes to us and acknowledging that God will come, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. Advent, I think, kind of embraces limbo or in between. Um, Kind of a spiritual phrase for that is now and not yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which feels very right now, doesn't it? It does. And I think... All of the big Advent themes are things that we think about as being enduring and nonstop, but they are, they really are the now and not yet. Like hope Mm. is something you might hope you have, but also something you're anticipating getting at the same time, right? Like we're trying to cling to hope Mm. right now. Yeah, right. right. Like each, each of those things, hope, joy, peace, love. Aren't they all kind of things that you have to really have experienced an absence of in order to really know what they are? Mm-hmm. And they're not fixed, right? Like, mm-hmm. so we come back to them every year with the intent, like an intention to engage with them again, right? Yes. But there is this sense that you've got to have suffered in some way to know what any of those are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Advent I see as a as a time for people for whom life isn't always easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yes. it acknowledges yeah. like this this is my season. You know, like this this is a season where it's okay to be me. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it's also, um, just to kind of piggyback on what's been said, it's like we've gone through like all these Old Testament stories through the fall about God's promises. Mm -hmm. And here we are gearing up to celebrate another promise from God. Not only Mm -hmm. that he's going to be with us, but as we live now as a Christian, we know that Christ is within us. So when we approach these themes like hope and um, peace and joy and love, we come to it knowing that Christ is already within us. So where do we need to go or where do we need to like stop and reflect on these topics within our own life so that we can live like Advent people anticipating these things? anticipating this promise of God with us, in us. Mm-hmm. So that that makes me think that, that Advent is, a part of Advent is looking for God in the world. Yeah. I right? Mean, like right, where, yeah. Where, where is God in the world now? How do I see God active 
and a hope for what will what is is yet to come yeah mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with right? that and it would be like how can i if if i cling to a hope that that god came here in flesh and i my whole life is built around that promise then how am i being hope how am i being an advent mm. person how am i anticipating this hope this joy, this love, and then how is it living out in my life? I I like that as moving moving these concepts into us, like as opposed to where do I see hope in the world? How am mm-hmm. I hope? Right. How am I peace? That's what like Advent that- is. Yeah, it's us stopping, <clears throat> thinking, reflecting, anticipating, longing for this. But if we long mm-hmm. for hope, that means we have to somehow figure out what hope is in our life. If we long for peace, we got to somehow stop and think, how is peace actively working out in our lives? Mm-hmm. 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 And a lot of these are not easy to answer that. Like, what is hope is not... Like, the more I try to answer that, Paul tried to get me to talk about what hope is on a podcast on our other podcast the other day. Um and I think he thought it was going to be like a walk in the park, like two hopeful people walk into a bar and talk about hope. It was, it was not a walk in the park. It was not. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> and it's like, that might be the bleakest episode we did. You know, it, it, it was like, let's talk about hope. And, you know, by the end of it, uh, a different a different podcast had emerged. Mm-hmm. Than, and it's like, I didn't have a, what have I ever had a plan, right? I mean, we didn't, we didn't have a plan on which way it was going to go. But it came out um, pretty, pretty interesting. And and how hope was either handled or manhandled, I'm not sure. And um, I kept coming back uh, in the conversation that we had because we talked about hope a little bit um, on this podcast on Faith Made Welcome mm-hmm. a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And Marty, um, you had said this before um, that hope is gritty. Hope is gritty. Um, it has some grit to it. That yeah. was our very first episode. Yeah, it was. It might yeah. be. Yeah, it mm-hmm. might have been episode one. Um, that. The acknowledgement of hope must mean that there's something to be longed for right. that is a step in a direction that you would want to have in your life. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, these themes of Advent are confessions of our faith. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. And you're, you've used this this phrase a couple of times, and I'm curious about it. I've never I've never heard it before. Uh, today, Advent people, yeah, being being Advent Advent people, is that uh, you've been using that one for a little while? We use it during Advent. <laughs> yeah, Advent it's, it's like during Lent. Are you like Lent people? Like, yeah, like, like we're right now. We're we're trying to be Advent people. We're trying to how, yeah. How does that manifest in a, in an individual? Do you think it's, it's the attitude of anticipating, longing? What we kind of what Robin said earlier about um, you know just waiting. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is going to be a great advent for people, but I, I wonder how how people's patience are. It's going to be a point. hard advent. It's going to be a hard one. Because we're, I mean, yeah, when, when, like when you said great, it's like by great do you mean right? hard? By yeah. great do you I mean, mean there's be, plenty to chew on? I think people are wanting it, of... but I feel like people's patience throughout this year have been tested. And to to hear somebody say, we need to anticipate and wait well, yeah, but we are but like we are. that. Yeah. That's we can't that's we can't do people. anything but that right now, yeah. right? All we can yeah, do is wait yeah. for vaccines and yeah. wait to be able to go outside and wait for people to stop dying and wait to see our families and mm-hmm. you yeah. know in the in the face of a of an uptick in, yeah. in all of this. And so yeah, we like can we down, can long for these things that are not here in a way that makes us bitter and defeated. Or we can long for them in a way that propels us to cling to hope, right? Mm-hmm. To find yeah. peace in the midst of it, to find joy in the midst of where we are. That that's how that's how the season doesn't doesn't defeat us, right? Yeah, yeah. And it seems like with with that perspective, it's good that hope is first. Because <laughs> like if it, if it wasn't, we might like make it right. first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let's take we whatever and like let's move it to number one over here. Let's kind of swap that over a little bit, because it seems like hope is a place to start. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about this year in particular. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Sherry, would you agree? I, yeah, or... I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, hope is a tricky one. Um, hope is a tricky one. But I think that, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, when Marty said, like, I think this is going to be, or I forget which of you, maybe it was Marty, who said, I think this is going to be a, a good advent. And then, yeah, Marty. Mm-hmm. And then Robin said, I think it's going to be a hard advent. <clears throat> I kind of feel like those two things go together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what will make the experience rich is both the goodness that can be found in it as well as the challenge. Um, but the the only way to really get what we're supposed to get maybe out of a season like this is to yeah. go through the the thick of it. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this book, Becoming Wise. Um, it's uh, an inquiry into the mystery and art of living. And this morning I read this quote that says, great leaps, however exhilarating, are hard on mortal creatures. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's Advent, right? Like we're trying yeah. to make great le- leaps. And so in order for that to be great, it also has to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think what's Advent's about is going back to that promise that Christ is here. Like he's with us. He's in us. Mm-hmm. And we, we live our lives expecting that he'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of is a little bit different from our season of Lent, where we kind of kind of walk through what Jesus went through while he was here on earth. Advent is like the promise is here. He's finally here. That hope, that expectations. What is he going to do? How is he going? It, it kind of sparks that hope, sparks that peace, sparks that joy um, and love, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm with you that it's it's hard. It's hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But all the best things are, right? Right. Anything worth doing, right, is is hard. Have you... uh, Go ahead, ahead. ahead, Rob. I was going to say, I mean, going into this, this Advent, starting with with hope, um, I'm tempted to say, like, surely you must be looking at this one thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be a good one, right? (laughs) Because it's like... What were we? What hope were we talking about last year? Yeah. It's like I don't know. I mean, this this year has eclipsed many others in in the in the grist for this Advent mill. I think, but I think it, um, it's I think Advent. So um, this this past year, um, one of my friends um, invited me to his Zoom seder. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool. Uh, and I was he during during the Seder, um, you know, there were tellings of the story of the Exodus. And towards the end, my friend Jason, who did who who hosted the Seder, um, showed us pictures of um, when he went to the border and went to the prisons right where we have mm-hmm. children and he went to the the makeshift tent towns where parents are living while they wait to reunite with their children mm-hmm. or while they're seeking their they're awaiting their asylum you know meeting mm-hmm. um and it was it kind of took me aback to see how present day right this satyr story was Mm -hmm. and i was talking about this um with a a, another friend of mine um who is jewish and her response was that it's amazing to her how relevant the story is every single year that every year Mm -hmm. there's something Mm -hmm. and if we're if we're connected to the world that's really how advent is right I mean, if we think of 2019, we think of as being like we think of 2020 as being like a terrible, terrible year. Yeah, but in 2019 year, yeah. is when we we still we had children in those camps. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So there were there were hard things happening in the world. Last year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think one of the hardest experiences that I've ever had in a church was that for a long time, um, 
our preschool did a Christmas play uh, for mm. the third Sunday of Advent every year. Mm. And it was, that was always hard just because it was like putting that in the context of a worship service was hard. But yeah. right. Sandy Hook happened the week before mm. the third Sunday of Advent. And I had to stand up in front of our congregation and a bunch of parents of preschoolers and light mm. the freaking joy candle. That's brutal. That's brutal. And all I could do was acknowledge, like, I kind of want to take this out and not do it. Mm. But the whole point of Advent is that we can trust in the promise that when we don't experience these things, that they will come back. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're not lighting the candle of joy today because any of us are experiencing it, but we're going to light this candle in the promise that one day we will. Yeah, may we feel joy again. And then we're going to delight yeah. in watching these children perform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the, every year, right? right? Yeah. Every year there's something whether it's something happening in the world or whether it's mm -hmm. something happening in personal lives that makes people need Advent. And I would think that in any congregation, there might be some people who are, you know, yippy skippy, kind of everything's great, but there's somebody in every congregation who needs Advent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why we tell these stories every year. Every mm -hmm. year there's something that is fitting for us to experience or try to experience the hope and the, the themes of Advent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it kind of feels like these, I mean, these are very universal human needs, mm -hmm. these, these big themes. Right. And I think it's interesting, even like in a year like this, 2020 uh, has not for, you know, any human I know been a pleasure cruise. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Now that we're coming to uh, Advent with hope for Advent, right? Like, even though this has been a, a really tricky year, I think I think we ha maybe have some understanding of what this season can do. And so we're still coming to it with, well, it's really been a doozy. Mm -hmm. But let's mm -hmm. end it with with this series and, and with the opportunity to come together with... Well, who in our congregation can rustle up some hope yeah. in the next four mm -hmm. weeks? Who in our congregation is finding peace? What are they up to, right? Like, who in our congregation knows joy right now? How can we be joyful with mm -hmm. them? You know, and it'll be interesting to see how people approach Advent with uh, mm -hmm. the holiday season being so different for people. Like, you know... People are not going to flood the malls and and shop, and right. that that's sometimes that's more of a distraction than than joyful, you know. Uh, time for the season, and yeah. you know, families yeah. won't, won't be getting together as much. So it's kind of like we're approaching a season where it's really focusing on, okay, what can I do? How can I live out this Advent season? And yeah. uh, it might be more of kind of this waiting game, anticipation, this longing. Well, and simplicity, and simplicity. right? Maybe yeah. this maybe this is a year when we realize that hope, peace, joy, and love can be found in simple things. Mm -hmm. um, things yeah. That we may, you know, all the, the fun decorations and stuff we don't we don't need. Um yeah. And the pressure of... Board game night with cookies. Yeah. yeah. You know. Or the pressure of finding the perfect gift and yeah. making sure that I can afford to buy it for that person. That might not be an issue this year. Yeah, it might not be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is... Um, you know, with, with all of this, with travel and the pandemic, like, my husband and I are not going home. We are not going to be with our parents for Christmas for the first times in our lives. Uh, and actually right before we got on to record this podcast, I told my mom that again, because, you know, she's, 
she keeps holding out on hope, right? That like something's mm-hmm. going to change and we're going to be able to all be together. But that's just, um, it's just not the Something safest not choice going to for my family, yeah. right? Um, and so as much as, as terrible as that is, um, I'm also noticing, maybe I'm just trying to come to it with like the, well, what what do I get if I don't get that? And my husband's been working so many hours that even though we won't be, tra- or because we won't be traveling, like for the first time, I think in our marriage, like we will wake up on Christmas morning in our own bed and have the opportunity to just look at each other mm-hmm. and be like, mm-hmm. hello, human that I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like right now, that's all I want for Christmas mm-hmm. is that moment. Um, so I have to give up a lot to have it, but I don't know. It's kind of what I need this year. The it, the priorities are different, right? If our, mm-hmm. if our it seems like our focus for the holidays this year is to keep each other well and alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean this this yeah. is this is a year where there's been a lot of death and mm-hmm. a lot of emphasis on death mm-hmm. um but this season ends in life mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you wonder doesn't it like what a what a basic and and lovely idea that our goal this advent season is to keep each other well and healthy why isn't that always? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that would be a good thing to do, like, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Curious. We get a little distracted, don't we, with all the shopping and yeah. the buying and the wrapping and the peppermint things? The parties, the get-togethers, you know. And none even of the that's church bad. activities. None, and none of, of that's, that's bad. bad. No. But no. it's something that adds to and could distract us from the actual of us slowing down focusing and anticipating just the unbelievable thing that God came here because he wants to relate with us mm-hmm. yeah. well and I, there's also if we think about it i mean if the Christmas story is a pretty like if God's going to enter the world, the Christmas story is about as simply as it could have as simple as it could have happened. Right, right, right. Um, so it could it could end up being really beautiful for us this year to have a very simple. Advent and Christmas to connect us with the simplicity of the story. And if the story is that simple, then we should theoretically be able to find God or the holy Mm -hmm. in everything, even the mundane and the simple, the waking up next to the person that you love. Mm-hmm. Like there's something sacred in that. And yeah. so maybe connecting the simple story when we don't have all of the distractions, yeah. when our goal is as basic as keep people alive and healthy and well. Yeah. And and it's kind of interesting to think about that story as a simple story because it is. It's a simple story, but it's a simple story in the midst of chaos, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, right. Um, but the goal, the goal, right, for Mary that year really was let me bring this this kid into the world. Let me let me have a healthy kid, mm-hmm. right? Like that's yep. a pretty yeah. simple, right. a simple thing. But like, what did they have to go through? Boy, the chaos around. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that moment, right? I, like, I need so to go, I need to go where? 
Yeah. So how do we find that simple moment in the midst of our chaos? Yeah. Yeah. And certainly something with this season and this, this year in the light of, of, of all of that, it's like this will be an experience that is pared down to its essence. Mm-hmm. To its essence. Yeah. This will be a, a time where all these things are pared down to their essence. And the the bows and the wrapping and a lot of the stuff of it and the to the food, to the parties, to all of that kind of stuff will be swept aside as something that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you will see these things for what they really are. Mm-hmm. And you will you will experience this in its purest, truest sense. Or at least you have the opportunity to, um, should your eyes be mm-hmm. open and your heart be open to it. Yeah, and I think Advent, it's a season of like resetting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like this is the beginning of the calend- Christian calendar year, right? So we're kind of resetting ourselves to kind of like refocus, rethink, stop wait, anticipate, long for something new, something better. And uh, yeah. I think Advent is the time that we just kind of reset ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is too, it's also kind of interesting that Advent happens right after Thanksgiving, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we learned about why because with Lonnie, but um, just thinking about it, like the, the day that this episode comes out will be the Monday before Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is kind of an interesting holiday as well. Like, um, we have this moment where we take time for gratitude right before we go into <clears throat> awaiting something. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. So how are we thinking about gratitude even this year? Like, since we have, this is basically our Thanksgiving episode as mm-hmm. well as our kickoff to yeah. Advent. Yeah, it is. So how are y'all thinking about gratitude this year? Um, so on Tuesday nights, I lead a women's spiritual formation group. Um, and so for the past two weeks, our focus has been gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. And instead of doing like a big study and talking about theories of gratitude and that sort of thing, we just decided to try and cultivate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, you know, I've, I've given the group some ideas of, you know, maybe just find a few things that you're grateful for each night as you're going to sleep or each morning as you're waking up. Um, you know, if you feel like it, maybe write someone a note telling them why you're grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's, let's don't go for the grandeur. Let's just find something simple that we can do to try and cultivate gratitude Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that all of us are finding that practice to be really helpful right now. You know, there's this, the government transition is messy. The coronavirus is getting worse. Days are getting shorter and it's getting colder. And so it, you know, up to this point, at least we've been able to go outside for jogs or bike Mm -hmm. rides or to walk the dog. And now there's going to be less of that. And you can kind of feel that looming on everybody. Mm -hmm. And I would say this group that has consciously been just taking a moment each day to say, what do I have to be grateful for that? That's really helping not let these other things consume us. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's so interesting. Like, I think like that kind of gratitude practice is, is so useful and it's something that like research shows us that it's important, but boy, it's hard to keep cultivated. I just finished reading this book. This is the second book that I've referenced on this podcast. Sorry, y'all. I'm an English teacher. <laughs> um, but I just finished reading this book called Burnout, uh, which is probably one of the best books I've read in a long time. And in that, she kind of blew my mind talking about the idea, or they, not she, um, blew my mind talking about gratitude because they argue instead of sort of doing a gratitude practice about what you're thankful for, to focus on the who and the how. So mm-hmm. who are you grateful for? Which I think makes a lot of sense. Right. But then also like right. being grateful for how things happen. Mm. 
And I don't think I've ever spent time thinking about that. Like, yeah, am I grateful for how things unfold? Like, because it gets me away from like, what happened today that I'm happy about? And gets me into like, how am I seeing things unfolding in a bigger way? Mm -hmm. Um, It's good. So I don't know. Yeah, it's something I'm trying to start thinking about regarding Mm. gratitude this Thanksgiving, Mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I have a question. Of course you do, Paul. If I may, if I may ask our fine pastors here, mm-hmm. um, my question always used to be: So, what's up with the pink candle? I think I got a handle around that mm-hmm. a little bit. All right, so I might. Uh, we talked about that with Lonnie a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on peace? Week two. Peace. We all need it. What is it? What is it? What is it? Like, what, what is it? Um, how does one cultivate peace? Um, how does one experience that? Is that, how is that a, a verb? Mm. You know, is it something that you can actually kind of do something about? Is it a practice mm. that you engage in? What, how do you see peace in the Advental yeah. uh, conversation? Um, my stab at that would be like, I guess people... People could be um, fighting for justice and have peace about fighting for that cause. Mm-hmm. So they would say they have peace. Um, the other way people are needing peace is kind of the absence of chaos or trauma or right. something like that. Right. 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 Um, and that is probably the harder thing to kind of achieve. Personal, a personal, personal piece. piece um, yeah, that you just, um, yeah, that you're just trying to strive to figure out. And mm-hmm. when people are struggling, whether it's grief or trauma or whatever, you're almost like you're like just deer in headlights. You don't know where to go, what to do, how to achieve it. Right. right. Um, so. And that's why communities are so important. Churches are so important Um, to have space to um, maybe find a little peace. Um, And, you know, I, I don't know. Having peace is, I think one of the reasons why it's in Advent is the peace that you have knowing that God is with you. I mean, that's what we celebrate right there. And just holding on to that fact that is the peace that, that, that comes. Um, and that's what God offers that if we go back through all we've been talking about all fall, God's constantly trying to relate with us over and over again. Here's a covenant. Okay. That didn't work out. Let's do this. That didn't work out. Let's do this. Okay. Now I'm just going to come to earth and I'm going to be with you. If you need something done right, Marty, you have to do it. But I don't even know if it was that. I think it was more like God was saying, okay, I'm not going to give up on you, even though you might have given up on me yeah, to yeah. the point where the I'm just going to come down there and be yeah, with you, right? You know? Mm. Uh, Time to take out the trash. Yeah. Well, that's what some people kind of think of it. Like God came down here to straighten yeah. us out. But I think God came down here to say, hey, this is what the kingdom of God can be. Mm-hmm. So to, to add to that, I would say that when, when I, I think, hopefully this is, is right, and I'm not just making this up, but my understanding of, of the Jewish concept of shalom, peace, mm-hmm. is that, um, that one aspect of that is the idea of wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I personally connect with that idea of wholeness when I think of peace in the midst of chaos, mm-hmm. um, right? That, that peace is not the absence of conflict, but it, it is a sense of wholeness, togetherness um, in the midst of that conflict. And then as Marty talked about God coming into the world um, to demonstrate peace, one thing that comes to mind right now um, is that that in this moment, I am seeing a lot of 
white Christians calling for peace and for unity. Mm-hmm. And I am seeing a lot of people of color saying, I think it was uh, Dr. Shaniqua Walker-Barnes, who, who the, the phrasing that she used was, you don't ask lambs to go be with the lion while the lion still got blood on its mouth from devouring some right. of our own. Right. And so if we look at the life of Jesus, we have to acknowledge that there's a difference between being a peacekeeper and being a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And that Jesus did at times disrupt the status quo in order to make peace. So he broke the peace, right, in order to make a deeper kind of peace. Right, a new peace. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that, that, that that's an important point, particularly in, in this moment, that peace mm-hmm. is not the absence of conflict, but it is creating a more whole, more complete peace for all people. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of probably like 10 years ago now, I went to this thing at the Institute of Peace in DC. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a big part of the conversation was that um, a lot of times we don't, talk, when we talk about peace, keep uh, peace studies, um, like from an academic point of view, we don't talk about um, how much sacrifice and sometimes uh, actually oppression that comes from efforts to create peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, and so it's a it's a it's another one like Paul, you might think it's just a simple walk down the Hope Road. Now we take a turn down Peace <laughs> Parkway. Um yeah. but it's another one where it's like you you keep looking at it and you start to see peace ain't easy. Um because peace requires uh the the realization that what keeps us from peace is the fact that people want and need different things. And and when you get peace, sometimes what we overlook is some group's needs. And so it's peace. I don't know. Like, the more I look at peace, the more I'm like, whoa, it's tricky. When you said that, you just made me think that I I, I think it might be common for us to interchange the word peace with comfort. Yes. Right? There, there yeah, are things in this right. world that give me comfort. But the fact that I have those comforts means that they've been taken from someone else. Uh-huh. And in theory, that should mean that neither of us have peace, right? I right. should not have peace when what brings me comfort is is causing someone else harm. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we achieve peace by putting on some blinders mm-hmm. and not seeing the suffering of us. But that's comfort. Right. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I thought this was going to be like an easy answer situation <laughs> where they're going to be like, yeah, totally. It's super easy. Just do this. How could you not have thought of this before? turns out it's complicated too. There's no way you authentically thought that as a meditation, <laughs> meditation teacher. Oh, I like, mean, why? Well, yeah, yeah, that would that, be one true. lesson, right? Like just get peace. Now yeah, you're just done. Peaceful. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You, you know, you get the little peace sign from the sixties and you're good to go. Maybe, um, maybe joy but, will be better for you. Paul. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm joyful that I don't have to have peace figured out because it turns out other people don't. <laughs> or hope. Or love. Yeah. Or hope or love or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, but Robin, your, uh, what, what you were saying about, about peace was, I think, my understanding of it as a kid growing up. It's like, so we're talking about like not having war on earth. We're, I mean, it's like this nature of conflict and peace being the opposite of conflict is not necessarily what you're saying is is peace as it's represented in the Advent way. Not that it's okay for, you know, countries to be bombing each other. It certainly, I don't think is. Um, But like you were saying, Marty, there can be peace in conflict, you know, if the conflict is just. Or is it peace just because there's an absence of bombs? Or is it not peace until we fix the problems that led to the war to begin with? Because something caused people to start firing bombs at each other in the first place. Yeah, it's like there have been times when I've not been in a state of conflict, but that doesn't mean I was Mm. feeling peace. Yeah, I mean, you know, it goes back to so what the, Sherry the was saying earlier about the Christmas story. As simple as it was, 
there was no piece around that story. Simple story. No, 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 no. You know, to the no, point no that, that, you know. Well, yeah. No they had to was. flee and go to Egypt and all that other stuff yeah. that we read about in the Christmas story. And there was yeah. no peace there, but there was a, the, the, I guess the peace would be like, he's here. Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus is here. Yeah. God right. with us. Yeah. And yeah. We are not something's alone. Happening. We're not there, alone. Something's, that, something's happening. Something's alone. happening. Right. You know? yeah. And I like that. I, like, I'm really clinging uh, to that idea that, like, God came just to be with us. Because I think about um, a lot of times when people are going through a hard time, what they really need isn't their people to come solve a problem or yeah. to fix things. Like, how often do we really just need presence, not... Mm-hmm something else so this idea that like yeah so god just came down to be with us because god knows it's hard and this year it's especially hard right because we Uh don't we can't be that presence for each other right Right. not in the ways that we we, not in the ways that we are familiar with not in the ways we've done before and uh based on conversation sherry and i were have been having lately if it's so hard to find presence with people these days, uh, contrary to the past, I might ask, are you sure you were as present in the past as you thought you were, right? So um, this certainly is fertile grounds for a little more intentionality to come to whatever community you can form, which is why I love the uh, the 24 individuals, you know, contributing to the Advent story that you guys, I mean, it's like that is a way for community to form and it's barest purest essence during a time when it is really hard and people will remember that people will remember that um and i wouldn't be surprised if if folks kept their 2020 advent product from (laughs) that as is like oh man that was a humdinger wasn't it you know i remember because we all got together and did this this way in this hard time and this intentional act and that you know participating in that sort of activity um gave me some peace yeah i think advent's going to be i think one way we can focus on Advent this week is realizing that this year. Yeah, what did I say this, <laughs> this week? week? Yeah, uh, this let's, year. Let's have now this week, first. this year. Well, you know, <laughs> we lumped it all together, so you know. Um, way we can celebrate Advent this year is being reminded that yes, God is with us, but this, but we we understand that God. We know the story, and God's mm-hmm. Spirit is within us, and having God's Spirit within us helps us know that we are not alone and that there is peace within us. There is joy within us. There is hope within us. I mean, the the actual spirit of God, how impossible that was for God to pull off, and it blows my mind, it's still within us. Mm -hmm. And as we're disconnected, we are still God within us. God's Mm -hmm. in us. Peace is in us. That hope's in us. And, And we hope for... Jesus to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. Something in us too. has the capacity for all of these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get to fin- spend the season finding that again. Mm-hmm. Or the yeah. week, however you want to do it. Week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to bang it out all in one week, that's fine, Marty. I mean, like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a yeah. little slower with my intentions. Yeah, this this brings some wisdom to the process. So you know what? We don't have to do it all at once. We can do one at a time, right? Let's spend a week on each one, and then let's. I mean, don't feel like you had to rush anything. Let's actually take some time to spend on spend on these things a little bit. Yeah, you know, I like good. that. I like that approach a lot, um, because it's going to take a couple of days for each of these for the the O of it to sort of settle in. To what it is and to a fuller understanding, which is why I'm super excited about the podcast series we're doing uh, together through this. It's like, let's take each one of these apart a little bit and hear some perspectives from from people in the congregation about how they relate to each of these two. So um, I'm pretty excited about that because I'm I'm excited to hear about it um, as well. Yeah. And I'm just excited to get to hear more from uh, members of our community because it does feel like we're we're stretched thin and uh, yeah, we miss each other. So we'll have a little more opportunity to, to hear some, hear from some folks as we move through Advent this year. Yeah. I hope people find joy in it. Um, I hope there's peace to be found. Uh, I know that I will be joyful in it. And I uh, love, love it. Love it, love it, Well, I would love it if people keep listening to the podcast and be joyful if they recommend it to all their friends. Yeah. yeah I love you.
Well said, well said. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.